For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yeah, good morning everyone. Welcome to World Cups in a nutshell. It is the Tuesday. It is Tuesday the 25th of October 2022. Daniel Petgrew back with you broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Phone number still the same, one 1170 You can send a text anytime, 0457 That's before breakfast with Vossi, who I'm going to have a chat with in just a couple of minutes and Brandy in an hour. Patton Hills for Queensland listeners coming up from 6am local time. You'll take the first hour of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Big show over the course of the next hour for us though. Going to have a chat with Vossi in just a couple of minutes about today's World Cup game. There's another one kicking off in just under half an hour between Tonga and Wales. The weekend just gone and some criticism of the World Cup on social media. I'll get Vossi's take on that. We'll get the latest from America as well as well. Chris Perkins will join me another big weekend in American sport. And John Gallo, our football expert, will talk all things EPL in about half an hour. And I've only got a couple of weeks left, so that means we continue our road to the World Cup. And the World Cup itself, the Football World Cup, only, what, three and a half weeks away. So really looking forward to that. So plenty to get through. It is one and a half past five, one and a half past four in Queensland. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Just before we talk to Vossi, uh, we would have seen this on the news and we were talking about it yesterday, of course. My first chance to speak to you about it. But that India-Pakistan match, that T20 match at the MCG on Sunday night, over 90,000 people there. On 1300 01 1170, the open line number, or text 0457 736 736. I want to know the most thrilling sporting match you've been to. The most thrilling sporting match. Doesn't have to be a World Cup, can be anything. What's the most exciting, most thrilling sporting match you have managed to get yourself to here in Australia or maybe somewhere around the world? 1300 01 1170, the open line number. When you can text 0457 736 736, the most exciting, the most thrilling sporting match you have been to. 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Time to do this. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. Yeah, and a game kicking off in around about 25 minutes' time from now between Tonga and Wales, host of the Breakfast Show, one half of the Breakfast Show. Anyway, he is in Manchester. He uh, covered some miles across the weekend, but he is with us this morning. Andrew Voss, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning, Daniel. Hello, good evening over here. Uh, Yes, I did cover some miles, (laughs) Mm. but uh, it's with the help of British Rail that I was able to do that Mm. Um, and uh, visiting some great towns and some, you know, some really good rugby league folk that uh, are happy to have the World Cup in their backyard. Um, Tonight is an historic moment, and Mm. we had Casey Badger on the program this time last night refereeing a test match, first time that a woman has done that. But um, I did a bit of research today. It's the first time Tonga, or the first time Wales has played Tonga in any sport. Really? So they, um, yeah, well, that's what they're saying. Okay. Tonga v Wales have mm. never played. And this is the first or second time that uh, Wales have not worn red um, 
in, uh, I wouldn't know how many years it is, mm. uh, because of uh, the colouring with Tonga. So they're listed as the away team for this match mm. uh, to be played in St Helens coming up Australian time. Well, that'll be interesting. I can't believe it's the first time those two teams have played each other in any sport. But on the game, Tonga, well, they, you called this game Tonga-Papua uh, New Guinea last week. They yeah. only just got up over Papua New Guinea, but you would expect them to win this one pretty easily. Yeah, well, look, where I see Tonga, if they have a... Well, I guess if there's a perceived weakness with Tonga, they do have wall-to-wall NRL and Super League players all the way through their squad. Mm. However, in the key positions compared to, let's say, Australia or or what New Zealand have, Tolu Kola's at fullback. He's coming off his first mm. year in the NRL. Mm. Their halves for this one uh, this morning... Uh, Junior Amon from the uh, from the, the Dragons, Talatau Amon. Well, he's still in the rookie class, but he's got the NRL experience. Tui Lawlahia is still a capable player, but I, th- you know, with respect, I think he's past his best years. Mm. Uh, and then at hooker, they will again start tonight with South Sydney back rower Keon Kaloa Matangi. Mm. So he gets it, to start yeah. as as the acting half. And uh, Sony Luke will come off the bench, the Penrith player who's had you know just a handful of first grade games. So they're not quite at the level with the other sides around that spine, that those those key positions. But elsewhere, mm. you know, t- rattle off the names: Daniel Tupo, Conrad Hurrell, Will Penasini, Sione Katoa, mm. um, Adam Fanua, Blake, Tavita Tatola, Felice Kafusi, Olakoatu, uh, Siwa Tokiaho. I mean, that's strong. Very <laughs> that's strong. Really good. And still no yeah, Jason so, Tomololo yeah. either. He'll be back soon as well. No. Good point. Yeah, under suspension. So um, so not there. And, and off the bench, I forgot to mention, players that have all played State of Origin. Mo Fodawaka, mm. David Fafita, mm. and uh, Sifatalakai. So, you know, that's that's a strong squad. They're going to give it to Wales tonight, sadly, for the Welsh. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that's the way it goes. That's the way it rolls in the World Cup. And then tomorrow, mate, I'll move along to, um, to Warrington again. Yes. Uh, and see... Papua New Guinea play the Cook Islands, which will be highly competitive. Yeah, I think that'll be a very good game. Uh, the final game of the second week of the World Cup. Fossey, there's been a lot of talk on social media over the past 24, 48 hours about uh, the, the score lines over the course of the weekend. And let's face it, the majority of them have been pretty one-sided. And some people saying maybe we should look at the way the World Cup is played, maybe reduce the teams. I don't know what your take on that is. I, I don't think that's a really wise idea. I think these teams that, yes, are getting uh, beaten and uh, quite comprehensively beaten, they need to play more international footy, not less. Oh, 100%. How, how are we... How are we making it better in between World Cups? I mean, yeah. it's embarrassing mm. how much uh, attention we give, the, the lack of love we give the international game. So, look, you could argue that perhaps 16 teams is is a few too many, but mm. that gives you the pools and the build-up to quarterfinals, gives you an event. And if you ask the players, they're, they're living a dream, some yeah. of these players. And, you know, I've had the over the weekend, I called both the... Uh, Greece side and mm. Jamaica, mm. both playing at their first World Cups. But you do a little bit of research. There's a lot of hard work that's gone on. They now have domestic competitions in both those countries. So, you know, they're, they're trying to do their best. But I, I thought a very good point made today I saw by Steve Mascord, who's mm. one of the you know flag bearers for International Rugby League. Mm. He said, if you tune in just for 15 minutes to watch the likes of a Jamaica or Greece or Scotland play and then turn off, it's still World Cup 1-U-0 because if they played any other time, you'd never watch them. Yeah, So at least it's got you 
in to watch and to have a look. Um, it is what it is. Big score lines. Mm. You, you show me, you show me World Cups in the football codes where there aren't big scores. Happens in basically you know, every World Cup. Well, certainly, uh, you know, our main ball in hand football code, yep. rugby union, it does. Hundred um, percent. Look, I, 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 I don't want to make it a war between codes. Uh, just appreciate what it is. I'm very lucky, though, Dan, because this is the third time I've been overseas mm. for a World Cup. And I'm telling you, if if the people that were criticising from far afield now were here, mm. they'd be having the time of their life watching the games, enjoying the events. It's, it's you know, it's a rugby league fan's dream mm. to travel around and watch a World Cup, you know, because we, we have so little international football. Yeah, exactly. I'm heading over there for the final in a few weeks' time. I'm interested. How much traction is it getting? Obviously, England have won their first couple of games in a row um, and still a week before we get to the quarterfinals and the semifinals. And it does have to compete against the English Premier League. But I think one of the good things about the World Cup final, especially if England are to make it, is the fact they're not up against any EPL that weekend. So they will get some free space uh, if or whoever's playing in that World Cup final. Well, right at the moment, it's my understanding they've sold about 55,000 tickets okay. for the World Cup final mm. at Old Trafford. Mm. I believe they've sold 35,000 mm. for what would be the uh, semi-final if England make the final four. Um, television ratings, just so our listeners know, mm. there's next to no free-to-air rugby league coverage in England. There were 10 games for Channel 4 this year. That was the free-to-air contract. Mm. They did 10 games. That's the deal they've got. So to get the eyes and the attention of BBC. Now, BBC had BBC 1, 2, 3, yep. 4, and this iPlayer, which works great. I was watching it on the train the other day. I was watching, you know, sitting on the train watching games. I can watch it tonight while I'm on air. Mm. But to get that coverage on free-to-air, they've had, I think it was 1.6 million viewers for the first match of the tournament. Uh, then you look at their social media clips on BBC Sport Social Media, which is dominated by football and sport from around the world. Rugby League suddenly pops up with clips and mm. you know, great tries from the tournament, and they're getting you know, 50 and 60,000 hits inside 24 hours. Mm. That's exposure for Rugby League in a, in a country where Rugby League outside the north, dead set, it struggles to get a line of publicity, a line. Yeah, 100%. And I've seen a few people, uh, Aaron Wallace, who does the stats on your show, I've seen him having a very good yes. time touring the UK over the past few days. Just before we yep. let you go, most impressive team over the weekend, still Australia, you think? Oh, yeah, very yeah. hard, obviously, to gauge mm. um, against opposition. Uh, you know, I thought I've had a good debate today with some fans about the best performance by a winger at the tournament. I would say Brian Toll yep. against you know, Greece last night, but he's playing the Greeks. Yeah. You know, is that better than what Josh Adokar has done mm. or what Dom Young has done, what Dallin Wateni Zalesniak did the other night? Um, yeah, look, Australia, England, Samoa would be greatly pleased with their effort last night. Um, you know, what New Zealand are doing, they can get better. Uh, they will need to, I reckon, to beat Australia. And I think tonight we'll see Tonga flex their muscles against Wales. And, and you know, and then you throw in Papua New Guinea mm. as the wild card. But they have to win tomorrow night. There's a bit of pressure because they lost that game at the death in, uh, in the first week of matches against Tonga. Perfect. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, we will hear from you after 6am with Brandy. A big show. Any special guests popping into your apartment today or just yourself? Uh, any special guests in the apartment. <laughs> Look, I had a word with Ash Klein. We, oh. wouldn't, we wouldn't go referee back-to-back on the shows, but mm. I think at some time Ashley Klein is worth a chat, our State of Origin referee, grand final referee um, this year, and also a former Super League referee. Mm. So he's back here in England. Um, he's got a tale to tell, so um, we'll, we'll catch up with Ashley Klein at some time as well. Perfect. Sounds good. We'll see you after 6am. Thanks, Volsey.
Thank you, Lieutenant. Andrew Voss with Brandy after 6 a.m. Sydney time, 5 a.m. Queensland time with the breakfast show. And as he said, he's calling tomorrow's game. We might try and chat with him uh, before that if he's free. Um, and this game kicking off in just over 15 minutes between Tonga and Wales. You would expect, as well as he said, a pretty comprehensive win by Tonga after their close game against Papua New Guinea last week. Just what we're talking to Vossi about, as well, and interested to get your thoughts on the open line before we take a break. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The format of the Rugby League World Cup. Now, we have seen throughout the course of the weekend one-sided games, and we will see that again next weekend. Um, and even in the quarterfinals, we may get a couple of one-sided games, but. As Vossi said, you get that in most World Cups. Probably the only World Cup you don't get it in, uh, usually, is the Football World Cup. And even then, you sometimes see a situation where that does happen. Um, would you change the format of the Rugby League World Cup? Are you, are you watching? Look, I, I sat down. Look, I flicked through. But I still sat down and watched basically every game across the course of the weekend. Um, I think that we need to improve national, uh, international rugby league and we need them playing more games. And look, from people who are over there, as Vossi said, they're having the time of their lives. They're going to every game possible. Uh, there's rugby league on basically every night of the week. So I like it. And, you know, Jamaica <clears throat> Jamaica got smashed the other day, but I thought probably one of the highlights of the tournament was Jamaica scoring that try in the last minute. Probably is the highlight of the tournament so far. And I think there's four teams playing in the local league in Jamaica. The only way you're going to grow international rugby league is playing more international rugby league, not less. Your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or the open line 1300 01 1170. And interesting what Fossey said about the final at Old Trafford as well, which is three and a half weeks away, something like that. Um, 55,000 tickets, he said, has been sold. It holds about 74,000 people. You would imagine if England do make that final, it will be sold out very quickly. I still think you'd get probably around 65,000, 70,000 if there is no England in the final. So to have already sold, though, 55,000 tickets in a city in Manchester that is not known for rugby league, it is known for football, in particular Manchester United and Manchester City. It's a pretty good uh, pretty good going so far. Anyway, your thoughts on it? 0457 736 736, the text number. Or you can call the open line on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Would you change the way? Would you change the format of the Rugby League World Cup? Or are you happy with the way it's going? And are you with me that we need to play more international football, not less? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number. Or you can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We've got Chris Perkins from America coming up very very soon, and we will also talk football with John Gallo. Just before that, let's go to the open line on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. James from Hornsby's on the line. Morning, James. Morning, Dan. Lovely Monday morning. Uh, it's Tuesday. Hey, it's Tuesday. Right. You always get confused, right. James. You're always confused. Oh, it's always a bloody Monday <laughs> when you go to work. This is true. Um, in regards to these. I don't know what you call them. You want to call them the second tier, you know, like Jamaica, Greece, yep. and Ireland, Scotland, and that. Why don't we turn around if they really want to promote the game? Don't send, say, our first team. Send the second. Give the younger players a bit of international experience, mm. and then you're giving these lower countries more experience as well. 
Yeah, look, I, I think at the end, yeah, I think at the end of every off season, um, obviously in a World Cup year, it's a bit different. But you've got to get uh, at the end of every season, sorry, in the off season, you've got to get these lower players, not low, low players, but lower countries playing more international rugby league. Even a side like France, I don't know if you watched that England France game uh, the other day, James, but it was eighteen twelve for a long period of time. They, they need to play more football, not less. Yeah, what, what's wrong? You know, oh, it costs money or whatever. Oh, the, the stars don't want it. Don't send the Javoyevich. Don't send Tedesco. Send the second one. Yeah. The ones that just miss out in the going in the Saturday or whatever. You know, get the numbers 20 to 35 or whatever. Those players go and play those other lower grade, like you want to call lower grade countries. That way then, that country's going to get enthusiastic. If you saw the clip... You know, when Jamaica scored yeah. or Greece scored, they all go riding over there. So if they, they'll get the crowd there. So let them play. The younger players, want, well, how do you get a player experience to play in uh, first grade? You put them in first grade. How do you get them to get experience playing international? Get them out playing international. It's like when we had the cricket, Australia versus Australia. Mm. We yeah. had that Australia A team going around. Yeah, but I agree with you. And all those guys, yeah. Ah, uh, look, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I suppose the only thing, James, is will clubs, NRL clubs, let them go. But I think for the good of the game, you've got to grow international rugby league. Yeah, that's where the clubs say, oh, they could get injured. Mm. Well, what do they think they're going to do? Not send them out on a weekend because they could get injured. Yeah, exactly. They can get injured any time. Yeah. Don't go to training; you might get injured. Yep, no, you're 100%, you're 100% right. Thanks for the call, James. We'll chat again soon. Uh, James from Hornsby on the line. You can join him on the line as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Sort of bad idea uh, sending uh, a Australia A squad to play some of these teams. But even if, you know, Fiji and France and all these teams played each other as well, in a tournament. That would help. 0457 736 736 is the text number. Open line 1300 01 1170. We'll update you on the T20 World Cup shortly as well. But after this, we'll take a break. Have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. It's 18 past 5, 18 past 4 in Queensland. Yeah, it is. We'll keep you up to date with that Tonga Wales game kicking off in about five or so minutes' time from now. T20 World Cup update. We'll also speak to John Gallo with all things football in about 10 minutes' time. And a bit of other rugby league news and cricket news, especially Tim Payne on the back page of both uh, the major papers in Sydney. We'll talk about that if we have time before 6am. But before that, let's do this for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors, just moving away from World Cups for a little while. Chris Perkins is on the line from America. Chris, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. A little foot, more other football news. Newcastle is fourth in the Premier League. They are. We're going to talk to my football expert, John Gallo, uh, straight after we speak to you. But, yeah, what a win against Tottenham. They're doing they're doing very, very well. Newcastle United, uh, fourth in the Premier League. Dare to dream, Chris. Dare to dream. Now, yes. uh, a couple of people struggling, in particular Tom Brady. What is going on? Is father time winning, unfortunately? Uh, well, Father Time has, has and always will be undefeated. Uh, yes. He's been struggling, though, against Tom Brady, although I think I think Father Time's catching up. Mm. Oh, man, the Bucks looked so awful yesterday. 21-3 to loss yesterday. This should have been a get-right game for the, for the Buccaneers. After their loss to Pittsburgh uh, the week before, they're playing the Carolina Panthers, who have fired their coach, 
they ejected and then exiled their number one wide receiver and traded their their top running back to San Francisco all in the span of about two weeks. Mm. The Panthers are in the middle of a crazy Steve's inventory liquidation sale where everything must go at ridiculous prices. <laughs> and the Panthers beat the Buccaneers 21-3. Mm. to three. Uh, Brady, for just the 12th time in his career, no offensive touchdowns yesterday. 12th mm. time in a 22-year career. Things were so bad yesterday for the Bucs. I was half expecting him to go full Antonio Brown. Uh, and I'm talking... Take off the jersey, take off the pads, throw your gloves into the crowd, mm. run up to the tunnel in the third quarter, waving peace out to everybody, <laughs> hop it on a plane, fly to Miami, show up on Giselle's doorstep, begging <laughs> her to take him back. Well, I, I know this sounds a bit silly, but do you, do you think, and we've had a bit of fun with it over the past couple of weeks, but do you think that could be affecting him? I mean, it's a serious issue in his personal life, I suppose. Uh, it, it certainly would be a distraction. Yeah. I, I, the divorce is, is one of the most stressful times for anybody. Trust me, I got the papers to prove it. <laughs> it's a very stressful time for people, mm. for, for anybody going through it. I, whether you're an average Joe like me or you're a guy who is the, the, the greatest of your profession of all time, mm. you're human. I mean, yep. the, these personal distractions, these family distractions, they've got to be tough. And, you know, when things aren't going well at, at your work site, it, it just compounds the problem. So, mm. uh, yeah, the Bucks are in trouble. Now, the good news for the Bucks, they're still in first place in the NFC South. And, and by the way, that's not spelled S-O-U-T-H. That's spelled S-O-U-F as in the grade the entire division deserves because everybody has a losing record. Well, there's still time for Tom Brady to turn it around. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, you, you can't write off a champion, uh, can you? Now, a couple of the other games across no. the weekend. Miami first, Pittsburgh, and also uh, the 49ers and the Chiefs. Yeah, somebody tell Tua Tagovailoa, it's okay to slide, give yourself up. Uh, instead of going headlong into a defender to try to gain a couple of extra yards. Mm. I mean, the man just missed two games because of a, of a pretty serious mm. concussion, and he comes back in inside the 10-yard line, and, and instead of giving himself up and you know, saving himself for the next play, no, he lowers his head and crashes right into a linebacker. To, to try to gain an extra couple of yards. That was a really good game last night. I, I'll tell you what, uh, Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh fans are going to be disappointed about losing the game last night. Kenny Pickett, a couple of late interceptions. But, man, that guy, the guy has a lot of talent and a lot of potential. He made a couple of good drives last night late in the game that were unfortunately ended by interceptions. He's going to learn from this. I, he, he's going to learn, especially on that last play, he had a lot of room to run and, and get the first down, get out of bounds, stop the clock. Instead, he tried to make the big play. He's going to learn what he can get away with in the, in the NFL. He made a couple of throws last night in the fourth quarter that you know all pro quarterbacks wouldn't make. One to Friermuth was thrown into a football-sized window. It was just absolutely perfect. So, so Pittsburgh, yeah, you're going to be upset, but just think you're not you're not really playing for this year. You're playing for the next 15 years, and you got a good one, I think. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed. And in baseball, the World Series, it's been set, Chris. Yes, uh, the 
the participants of the World Series. We know who they will be mm. starting Friday night with Game 1. It'll be the 106-win Houston Astros, the juggernaut that was the favorite in the American League. Uh, they remain perfect in the postseason. They sweep the Yankees, winning Game 4 last night, 6-5, which prompted Pedro Martinez on the postgame show with an absolutely no trace of remorse and roughly the same sympathy you'd get from a professional assassin mm. to look right into the camera with a smile on his face and ask the Yankees, who's your daddy? <laughs> Pedro, of course, a longtime member of the Boston Red Sox, and that whole Boston-New York rivalry just never completely goes away. You have a great, uh, right. on the you NL have a, side. You have a great way with words, Chris. <laughs> the professional assassin part. Yeah, yes, I, exactly. I do my yes, best. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sorry, continue. But, yeah, on the NL side, how about this? The surprise package of the playoffs: the Philadelphia Phillies, last team to get into the postseason. Should have been beaten by the Cardinals? No. Should have been beaten by the defending champion Braves? No. Mm. Really should have been beaten by the Padres. Lost game one. Came back, won the next four to uh, book their first uh, World Series appearance in 13 years. I like the Astros in the World Series, but there is something about the Phillies that just screams team of destiny to me. This should be a fun World Series between the Astros and the Phillies, again, starting on Friday night. All right, looking forward to it. We will chat again in 48 hours' time. No doubt you'll have more information about Tom Brady's divorce. In fact, I demand more information about Tom Brady's divorce. So start reading those magazines, Chris. You've got 48 (laughs) hours. All right, sounds good. Hey, Monday Night Football tonight, New England, Chicago, Bill Belichick going for win number 325 in his career. If he gets it, he will pass George Hallis, the Chicago Bears legendary coach, uh, for second on the all-time coaching wins list. No official tip. The Patriots are like eight-and-a-half-point favorites, but I got a weird feeling that the, the ghost of George Hallis may play a part in this game tonight. Perfect. Thanks, mate. We'll chat again on Thursday. Have a good one. Chris Perkins in the United States. We'll talk to him again on Thursday. That game between Tonga and Wales just about to get underway. As Vossie mentioned, Casey Badger uh, refereeing this game, making history. Uh, Good luck to her. We will let you know uh, how that game is going to unfold, uh, how it is unfolding once it gets underway. That one in St. Helens at Totally Wicked Stadium. Asking you your most thrilling sporting event you've ever been to. And the Rugby League World Cup would you change the format, or are you, are you happy with how it's uh, being run, how it's played? Um, and I, you with me? More international football, not less. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The phone number or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll talk all things football with John Gallo. Have a chat with John Gallo in a second with all things football. Just updating you in this rugby league World Cup game. Four minutes gone. Tonga and Wales nil all. Tonga have had. Most of the possession, it has to be said, early on. But Wales, at the moment at least, being able to hold them out. This one being played at St. Helens at totally a wicked stadium. Great name for a stadium. Uh, Togger, Wales, nil all. Four and a half minutes gone. We'll keep you across that. Just before we talk football with John Gallo, let's do this. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup.
Yeah, only one game yesterday. The other one, unfortunately, between Zimbabwe and South Africa was washed out due to rain. No result in that game, unfortunately. Uh, Bangladesh, they beat uh, the Netherlands by nine runs. It was quite an entertaining game. The Netherlands still managed to stay in it right up until the end after Bangladesh made eight for 144 off their 20 overs. The Netherlands uh, all out uh, off their 20 overs anyway for 135. So Bangladesh over the Netherlands. Now, tonight, uh, the one game, and it's a very important game, but not on until 10 p.m. Sydney time. So uh, I probably won't be watching it, uh, but I'll hear about it in the morning. But you will hear it on SEN, of course. Australia up against Sri Lanka at 10 p.m. tonight after Australia's loss to New Zealand on Saturday at the SCG. A very important game for them over in Perth. That's before they play England on Friday. So really, really important few days for Australia in this T20 World Cup after, although New Zealand were very good, of course, on Saturday, a disappointing performance by Australia at the SCG. So we will uh, talk about that tomorrow, uh, but that is tonight at around about 10 p.m. Australia up against uh, Sri Lanka, which will be very important. Uh, 23 minutes to 6, 23 minutes to 5 in Queensland. Let's talk football now. John Geller is on the line. We do it for Ken Arts Hire. Ken Arts Hire makes your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. John Geller, good morning to you. Morning, mate. How's things? Uh, very well indeed. Six minutes gone. Tonga and Wales nil all. Let's have a look before we continue our road to the World Cup. Getting very close indeed. Now at some of the EPL results over the weekend. And let's start with this one. What a shock result. Liverpool looked like, John, they were getting back to some sort of form. A couple of wins in a row. And then they lose to Nottingham Forest 1-0. Yeah, it goes from great one week to terrible the next um, for, for Liverpool fans and, and the football clubs. They go beating Man City and then lose to bottom place Nottingham. And uh, watching this game myself, I have to say Nottingham at Nottingham was a very difficult atmosphere. They didn't make it easy for Liverpool at all throughout the uh, course of the 90 minutes. Um, just the key players again for Liverpool, Firmino, Salah, just completely off it. Fabinho was off it as well. Van Dijk nowhere near it again. So, um, yeah, a lot more eyebrows being raised for all the wrong reasons. And uh, this is another hiccup and another slide down for Liverpool. And um, I think the confidence and, and the morale, certainly when you hear Jurgen Klopp speak after the game, is taking another huge shot. And uh, there's just more questions coming out of this performance yet again than, than answers. And for Nottingham, fantastic for them. Definitely mm. a great win for them and uh, builds a lot of confidence and morale for them, particularly at home. Um, so hopefully now they can get themselves out of bottom place and climb the ladder. Yeah, very inconsistent start to the season for Liverpool. You'd find it hard to see them coming back from this. And there's only, what, probably two or three more rounds before uh, the World Cup break. Everton, big win over Crystal Palace, 3-0. Yeah, big win. This will inject a lot of confidence, uh, similar to, to Frank Lampard and his coaching staff and, and the rest of the Everton team who are desperate for a win. Um, they played some wonderful football throughout, and uh, you know, full credit to them. I think Connor Cody at fullback was great. Tazowski as well, his, his centre half combination was brilliant. Uh, and then obviously Calvert Lewin up front, Alex Awobi, brilliant again for Everton. Whereas, uh, yeah, I think for, for Brentford, they just went away. For Crystal Palace, sorry, they just went away from what they did normally. And uh, no real spark. Great win for Everton and showed that desperation that they need to um, climb the uh, Premier League ladder and get themselves further away from the relegation battle. Yeah, Man City continuing Brighton's bad few weeks. They defeated them 3-1. 
yeah, Man City were brilliant again, and uh, you know, Quentin Harland, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, all on song yet again for um, for Man City. Kevin De Bruyne caused a lot of problems as expected, and yeah, Brighton over Albion. We mentioned it last time I was on the show. Uh, Roberto De Zervi, the Brighton manager, has got a lot of work ahead of him. They've been sliding down to I think ninth spot now, so they're struggling to keep hold of the top half of the uh, Premier League ladder, which is. You know, massive concern if you're a Brighton fan. And, uh, yeah, they just didn't show any real punch against Man City, as expected, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, some worrying signs yet again for, for Brighton. couple of late goals in this one. One to Chelsea, one to Manchester United. Finished one all. Interesting game. Yeah, it was a good game. Jorginho got the penalty all about four minutes to remain. He thought it was going to head towards Chelsea. But then, obviously, Casemiro had a say in that and uh, got to one all draw. And I think after the game. I think both teams probably think it was probably a fair result after all. Both teams dominated in each half of football. Man United came out in the first half and played a really good brand of football, really. were unlucky not to, to get an early lead. But Chelsea in the second half came eventually came to life and uh, and showed some good signs themselves. I think a draw was a fair result between both sides and uh, you know onwards and upwards for both United and uh, and Chelsea. Yeah, we saw Leicester City four over Wolves nil, Aston Villa four over Brentford nil, Arsenal a draw against Southampton one all, but they still lead the way. Yeah, they do as a you know big slip up for Arsenal though. I think they would have expected to walk out with all three points, but when you go down at St Mary's Stadium and play Southampton again, similar to Nottingham, it's not an easy place to play. Um, they made it very difficult for Arsenal throughout. They really bossed them defensively as well. So um, a good display by Southampton, a crucial point for them. They had to win midweek, and this will get more confidence from this result. Arsenal will probably be a little bit disappointed out of the two sides. Obviously, they didn't get all three, but um, they'll have to move on pretty quickly with the games coming you know, thick and fast before the World Cup break. Bit of pressure on Leeds United sitting in 18th spot. They lost to Fulham 3-2. A few people upset with their newish manager. He might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I feel for him as well because that winner came from, uh, from Fulham right on the 91st minute in extra time. Uh, Somerville put the, uh, the the game to bed for Fulham. And, um, yeah, it was a disappointing one for, for Leeds United. And Jesse Marsh, as he said, now getting a little bit of criticism. They haven't had a good run of form in the last three to four games. And uh, suddenly they've been sliding down the uh, the Premier League ladder all the way down just above into relegation now into 18th spot. So after a few weeks hovering above relegation, they now find themselves into that, into that mix. And, uh, yeah, for Leeds fans, they would be absolutely devastated by that. And the confidence has taken a real hit as well. Fulham, on the other hand, being wonderful form, good start to the season. They had two or three weeks where they were a little bit rocky, but now they've somewhat steadied the ship. So um, I think Fulham, it's, it's definitely been a great start to the season for them. And that continues under a wonderful manager, Marco Silva, as well. And just quickly before we move on to the World Cup, Newcastle in fourth position. Newcastle 2 defeated Tottenham 1 yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I did tip this uh, this result as well. So you did. I'm, I was I'm thinking smart. of you when I was making my way into work yesterday and heard this result. Yes, yes, I, I was thinking of myself when I when I watched the game and yep. I uh, egged on Newcastle. I, was, I thought it was a great game of football. Um, Spurs, unlucky, to be honest. I mean, the first half an hour, they dominated the game. They had two or three opportunities to Son and Kane and the like, but just couldn't find the back of their net. And uh, Newcastle, with one slip-up from Hugo Lloris in the uh, first goal from Callum Wilson, finds the back of the net. And then a second mistake by Lloris, kicking the ball out uh, to the wrong player. And uh, Newcastle put the ball in the back of the net within about two or three passes and and uh, that's all she wrote, really. It was a great game for Newcastle. Uh, Bruno Gumierish, Almirion, all playing fantastically well. Mm. They seem a lot more confident team under Eddie Howe. I'll give them that for sure. 
Um, whereas at the moment, there's more questions coming out of Spurs' performance. This is a loss, again, to a top side. They lost previously, obviously, to United. They've lost to, to Arsenal as well. So it seems to be true that against the top teams, they do struggle Spurs. And, uh, yeah, it's got a few Spurs fans a bit annoyed at their way of football. They're calling it boring and uh, diabolical. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a real interesting time for a Spurs fan. Just in one word or two words, West Ham or Bournemouth, who are you tipping in that one, kicking off in about 15 minutes? I'm going towards Bournemouth. Bournemouth, okay. One. Bournemouth. All right, uh, perfect. 11.5 gone in the game between Tonga and Wales. Wales, just a nine to try held up. They actually look all good. They're wearing black uh, against Tonga. Almost look like the All Blacks, um, and they're very close to the line, but uh, tackled, and that'll be a changeover. So 11.5 gone. Tonga, Wales, nil all. Time to do this. Here's the latest from the 2022 FIFA Football World Cup. Yeah, so just under a month in when that starts, or four weeks, basically, four weeks. Yesterday is when the World Cup starts. Football World Cup. Well, you'll hear it here on SEN. We're up to Group G. We did Brazil and Serbia on Friday. So let's continue on with Switzerland, John. Yeah, Switzerland. Uh, what, a, what a terrific uh, team for them to see make of the World Cup again. They're one of those sides that's going to be a little bit difficult to come against. Not too many sides will know how to play against Switzerland. Uh, they've got their own unique style. And um, yeah, I think Mara Gavanovic from Crescent Ball will be one to look out for for them. Uh, Matteo Botani as well from Nagano. And obviously former Liverpool player Jadon Shakiri, who now applies himself over in the MLS for Chicago Fire, is going to be interesting. But the big one for them is Naomi Granite Xhaka, who's playing wonderful football for, for Arsenal in that midfield, been a real difference for Arsenal this season going forward. So I look forward to seeing what he'll bring to the table, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I think obviously Manu Akanji as well from Man City, is another player to look out for. So they've got some really world-class players in different positions, Switzerland, as well as a few players that are going to make, make a name for themselves in this tournament, you would hope. Um, so definitely a, an interesting side to watch Switzerland. They're in a tough group. There's no doubt about that. When you've got Brazil, you've got the likes of Serbia in your group, it's uh, always an uphill battle, you'd imagine. And, uh, you yeah, know, the UEFA Nations of League campaign are third in the group out of the four teams. Um, so they're in a difficult phase of the qualification as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Switzerland do go, but they're in a, a very difficult group. And the final team in Group G, just before we get your predictions, Cameroon. Yeah, Cameroon, similarly to Switzerland, there's, there's not been a lot known about Cameroon in the last couple of years, but they've got those players that are really going really well over in their European clubs, respectively. Eric Maximin for Bayern Munich's been doing a fantastic job. Uh, Imbemio for Brentford up front, been really, really positive for him as well. And Carl Tucker Elgambi from uh, Lyon in the French League is doing a wonderful job over there. So some of these Cameroonian players are now playing in some of the bigger leagues and bigger clubs in, in European football, which has been a real positive for them in the last you know, 10, 15 years and shown where the game has improved in Cameroon uh, a huge amount. So... I think similar to Switzerland, they're in a tough group, though, and I struggle to see them get out of this one. Yeah, and these two, well, these, uh, in fact, all four teams have to wait until basically uh, Thursday, uh, so Friday morning over here before they get to play. Switzerland will play Cameroon and Brazil will play Serbia. Uh, The two teams, obviously, Brazil will be one of them. Who's the other team uh, that you expect to go through in this group? Yeah, definitely Brazil's, I think, to to be favourites to top out the group, understandably, when you look at their squad. Um, But I think the next one is is Serbia. I think Serbia have been really strong. They've got a good squad amongst them. They've got some great players playing some wonderful football. Strong qualification campaign. Strong way for Nations of League of recent. So I, I do back Serbia. I think their form and the players they have has been a real shining light. For, uh, for Serbian football. All right. Well, we've got one more group to go. We'll start that on Friday. 
Uh, continue it on Tuesday, and then on my last show in a couple of weeks, last show for a while, I'll be back later on in the year, we will get your preview, your whole World Cup preview and your predictions. Looking forward to that, John. Thank you. We'll speak on Friday. We'll continue our road to the World Cup and preview another big weekend in the A-League and the English Premier League. Thanks, mate. Speak soon. John Gallo, our football expert here on Tradies News and World Cups in a nutshell at the moment. Now, uh, this rugby league game, 15 minutes gone, it's still nil all between Tonga and Wales. And I have to say, apart from the opening four or five minutes, it's been Wales who've been dominating with the ball. They've had basically all the ball down uh, Tonga's end of the field. Haven't been able to come up with a try, sadly, for them, but they are playing decent rugby league. So maybe a bit closer than we expected, at least at the moment. 15 and a half gone, nil all between Tonga and Wales. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll whip through some of the other news uh, making headlines in terms of rugby league and cricket. We'll do it next. This is World Cups in a nutshell. It is 12 and a half to, sorry, 11 and a half to 6 in New South Wales, 11 and a half to 5 in Queensland. And Wales have scored first. And as I said before the break, they've looked the better team so far. 20 minutes gone. Wales 6 leading Tonga nil. Long way to go, but they've looked very good. Uh, Wales up against Tonga. They lead 6-0 after 20 minutes. Uh, back page of the Daily Telegraph, and no doubt Vossi Brandy will cover this in more detail, as will Pat and Heels. But Tim Payne uh, says, former, the former skipper says, uh, Cricket Australia hung him out to dry over the tech scandal. Uh, left it up to PR consultant to tell him to resign and also believes that uh, the sandpaper scandal should have been blamed on the whole team, not just a few players. Some interesting comments by former Australian cricket captain Tim Payne. Uh, and that will be uh, dominating the news headlines today as Daniel Tupo goes in for a try for Tonga. So it's 6-4 with a kick to come for Tonga. Uh, Shane Flanagan, meanwhile, in rugby league, he is back coaching again, being confirmed that he's agreed to join the Manly Seagulls, pending a release from St. George Lawara in the next 24 hours. It is a three-year deal that will include a clause that will allow Flanagan to leave after 12 months to take on a head coaching role at another club. Uh, the Manly CEO, Tony Mestrov, has reached an agreement for both Flanagan and former Titans assistant coach Jim Dimmick to be Anthony Seabold's assistant. So Shane Flanagan, it was rumoured uh, just the other day, he we there at the Dragons, uh, at the Manly Seagulls, sorry, for three years. Uh, here's a text as well, just to finish things off, 0457 talking about thrilling sporting events you're at. Yeovil Treeman says, hi, Dan. Most thrilling sporting event I have attended would have to be the Cathy Freeman gold medal at the Sydney Olympics, part of 112,000 spectators with probably 99.5% of them supporting her in that historic moment. That from the Yeovil Truman, yet yeah, one of the greatest moments in Australian sporting history. Very jealous you got to be there. And just a bit of other rugby league news as well. The Roosters yesterday uh, have bolted their top 30 roster with a trio of stars uh, re-signing or signing. Uh, the big one, Angus Crichton, agreeing to another two-year deal to stay at the Sydney Roosters until the end of 2024. And he said, this is my home, and I'm really excited to have recommitted to the club for the next two years. Uh, Jake Turpin also coming to the Roosters as well. So good news for the Roosters with Angus Crichton staying for another couple of years. That is the show. Vossi and Brandy coming up after the news. Uh, this is through Queensland. We'll take the first hour of Vossi and Brandy, then Pat in Heels after 6am local time. Tomorrow on the show we'll probably talk to Vossi again and also Maddie Cox from Tradies Use in Melbourne. Have a good Tuesday and I'll see you tomorrow morning. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So... We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas together and loving it.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.